0: Husky fans, it's Evie and Leah back with another episode of Pick and Roll after another pretty tough week <laughs> for all of you double athletics, including women's basketball again. Um, they're coming off of a tough loss to Wazoo 72 to 59, which was totally outside of what either of us predicted, if I remember correctly. <laughs> We were both saying how this game would probably be be within, like, five-ish points. That was obviously not the case. Um, I thought they were going to win or could win. I was wrong. (laughs) Um, This game, I'm not going to act all doom and gloom because I know it's still early in the season, but I was kind of also under the impression that this was kind of a crucial game to win to kind of get back into the swing of things. Um, It, again, just looked like they didn't really snap out of the sloppiness that they had in the Bay Area play. And by the way, um, we were paying attention to what Cal was doing this week, just seeing how, like, okay, we were just seeing, is this actually a pretty good team that we just lost to? And they went 0-2. So that that loss isn't looking that great for us. So I don't know. Leah, what are your first impressions of this past game? Honestly, this is really disappointing
1: first and foremost, just because it's a rivalry game. We should at least be competitive with Wazoo. And frankly, we were. We actually had a very good start, a very good first quarter. And then Washington State woke up, and they had a very strong rest of their game. I'm just disappointed because it really feel felt like we got outcoached, particularly um, kind of in the mid-third quarter all the way through the fourth quarter. Washington State had a lead of about six which wasn't that much but Washington could never really break that and then when they got down to four Washington State went like on a 8-0 run and so just disappointing because I don't think Washington State is 12 points better than Washington but Washington just did not play well and this has been a kind of a pattern since the Louisville game of just They played well enough to keep it close against Louisville, but it really feels like Washington is lost offensively. It felt like that loss at Louisville broke their spirit in some way, because if they have a lull offensively, it's almost like it's like a spiral, like it affects everybody. Mm -hmm. So um, they played pretty good defense, but then they had a couple of just like turnovers that cascaded into themselves so um overall I'm disappointed and mostly I'm disappointed with like how we're preparing and how we're making coaching tweaks throughout the game
0: yeah way too many turnovers were out rebounded too Uh so yeah it, it, it I know I've said this before it seemed like that the same thing that they have done before where they start off really strong and then it just spirals in the fourth quarter. Like they need to figure out how to just keep keep up in the fourth quarter. I I feel like I've been saying this for so long. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, like basically just looking at the stat lines,
1: Washington was minus ten in points off turnovers, and most of them came in the second half. And Washington lost by thirteen points.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: basically your ball game. By and large, I mean, like, the other thing that they didn't do well was shoot threes. They shot 25% from three, which is to be something that we could do better this year, and we did not. They did, if you take away how many shots that they, like, if you take away all of the three-point shooting, they shot over 50% from inside the three. So it's kind of confusing to me, like, why we are prioritizing the three so much on a night that they're shooting. If you take out the three, they're shooting 51% from inside the arc. And if you include those stats, 46% overall and 25% from three, but yeah, the two areas that they really needed to clean up on, which is indicative of a young team is turnovers and rebounding, but because of our size, we, it's really hard for the Huskies to play man defense. And so we're playing zone, which is really hard to get defensive rebounds. So the other team is getting a lot more offensive rebounds. Washington state only had 11 offensive rebounds only Washington had eight. So it's kind of a negligible difference, but the big area is you got to be better on turnovers and we've got to be figuring out who we want to have on the floor at a certain moment in crucial times, because Jada didn't have a very good game defensively. She got in some foul trouble early. And that's just something that we've got to be mindful of. Lele was awesome. She had a great shooting night and she stayed out of foul trouble and she's our only post. As we know, we say this almost every podcast, our only post player, and she stayed out of foul trouble. So, And she hit most of her free throws. So overall, I would say like she did well, and some of our other key players did well. But last time we played Wazoo, we did not have Eladine, and we still won. And we had a lead of 20 points. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like Washington's confidence is completely shot. They have not won a game since they lost at Louisville. And they play some teams this weekend that they – Are entirely capable of sweeping they are also entirely capable of being swept that's the danger in a young team
0: yeah so a couple okay a couple things I wanted to Mm -hmm. explore there you mentioned size Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask about this because I was actually thinking about that the other day it's it seems like every other one of these Pac-12 teams has taller players or has some chick who's like six foot eight or or taller or something and I didn't want to like make it seem like it was okay that's the reason that we're losing like you can't win if you're not this tall but it's like at the same time it it just seems like we're getting outplayed in some of those particular areas and I I don't know I I wanted to get your view on that because I, I remember you mentioning that several times in the past yeah, uh, every,
1: almost every single one of Washington State's players, except except for their guards and like by guards, I mean like shooting and point guards were over six feet tall. And so what that means is that when you have a taller girl who can shoot threes, they can just shoot right over the defender most of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were doing. They had a local kid, uh, Jenna Villa, who's from Arlington, and I think she made two or three three point field goals and she's six foot one. And I think her, the defender, was probably Jada, who's like 5'9". Yeah. So um, she's she plays really big, but at, in distance shooting, that's just really tough. So that's where those things kind of hurt you. And also, um, because we're playing zone defense, mm-hmm. they're going to be able to get some second-chance opportunities because we don't necessarily have the presence all the time when the shot goes up to always have somebody right behind you. That's the danger in a zone defense. So... It's just just disappointing because I do believe that Washington is better than how they played against Wazoo, but here we sit, one and three in conference, and the frustrating part about that is that the two losses that I feel like are the the most egregious are certainly the Cal loss last week, a couple weeks ago to Cal, because Cal is not going to finish in the top half of the conference. Washington State went to the tournament the last two years, so there's less shame in that, although... You got, you've got to win your winnable games. And with four to five teams in the conference that are in the top 10, you have to beat the teams in the conference that are not ranked. And we haven't done that. And after this week, we're going to have like a three-week stint of only playing top 10 teams. So I've, I would be hopeful if we could get one of those wins after this week, but... What we've seen so far, uh, it's not looking great. They need to they need to improve and they need to do so fast. And it starts with taking care of the basketball and getting rebounds.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can do about the roster is the roster, so we can't change, like you know <laughs> who our players are. But um, but yeah, I agree. There's a lot more that they can do on so many different fronts. Um, so what? <sighs> It's in the beginning in the beginning of the year, they were obviously undefeated up until through eleven games. And it seems like they were kind of almost unstoppable. And then as soon as we got to conference play, that mm. obviously changed. And I guess what I'm asking is what like are the pack 12 teams really that good that they're making us look bad? Or is it or, or do you just think this is kind of just us being in a in a rut? Or is it both? Like I
1: think that's a great question. I think it's a little bit of both. I think that the the league that we're in ha- is full of excellent coaches, even though the teams that aren't necessarily the best, if you have a pretty good coach and they can study film and they can pick apart your weaknesses, then you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. I think the Huskies smartly wanted to play a whole bunch of teams in the preseason that we're going to give our younger members of our team playing time and confidence. And that's great. And then I do believe that our top two freshmen are still getting a lot of minutes and they're getting lots of valuable experience. Um, But I think the team overall, I, I feel like when I watch them offensively, it's like I'm going back two years in time. There's not a lot of movement. It looks a lot. It looks like they're stuck in some glue Um, They're not hitting their open shots. They're not moving the ball around. And the way that you get open is by moving the ball around quickly. And we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. And credit to the other teams. They're playing really good defense and they're figuring out where we want to have the ball and they're not allowing that. But now that we've had three or four games of this issue, we should be trying to make our tweaks coaching wise to see what we can do because these are really must win games coming up. At Heckhead this weekend against the Arizona schools. We got to, we have to really honestly get, get to them. So, um, you know, three and three in conference because we're getting ready to, like I said before, play some really tough teams. So we got to win our winnable games and it starts on Friday.
0: That's the thing. I, I When you mentioned how they move the ball, like they seemed like they moved the ball pretty well before. And all of a sudden it's just like, it's like terrible almost. And it's like, <laughs> It feels like the way that they
1: left the season last year, like it feel I mean I know that it's not the same team. I know we have lost um some players and we have gained freshmen and that that makes a huge difference as far as cohesiveness and skill. But we are entirely capable of playing about 40% better than we have mm-hmm. and seeing it have a prolonged stay in terms of like how well or how not well we play is disappointing considering the level of competition that we're playing and what we expect to happen.
0: Yeah. So Arizona schools, um, like you said, kind of, I know I said this last week, oh, we need to win this game. We didn't, we kind of, we really actually need to win these games, right?
1: We do. We do. Uh, you know, Arizona is coming off of two losses on the road last week, one in double overtime at Oregon state and one at Oregon for like those two games, they lost by a combined five points. So, and Oregon and Oregon State are good, but not elite. So Washington should, should be competitive in the game on Friday. But Adia Barnes is a really good coach. And I know that they're kind of going through some transitions too, as far as like what kind of players they have on the team at any given moment. At the same time, we should have some pride in how we feel about people coming into our gym and yeah. beating us we need to defend our home court. And it starts on Friday with Arizona. We haven't beaten Arizona in several years because they were really good for a long time. They're in a transition point in their program. So we should be able to take at least one game out of, um, from Arizona this year. I think we played them twice, but we've got to, we've got to start with one and heck it.
0: Yeah. I, at first I was a little scared because I remember I, I just, in my head, I always associate Arizona with being like top notch, but that's obviously not the case this year and we need to take advantage of that because yeah, four, uh, four losses, five losses in a row. Yeah. It's
1: been, uh, four losses in the Laurel, Louisville and then Cal Stanford, Washington state. So, um, you know, two of those losses are like not embarrassing at all. I don't really feel embarrassed about losing to Washington state, but I feel like losing by 13 when it was actually pretty close, most of the game is unacceptable you shouldn't be losing by that much in your on your home gym and frankly we hit we most of our losses last year almost all of them were by under 10 and to have our own our, all of our three conference losses be by over 10 feels like a step back and we i know we can do better than that it's it's time we need to start it on friday
0: yeah tomorrow tomorrow yeah yeah um do you do you have any news as to what's going on in the rest of the Pac-12? Um, USC beat UCLA, which I have mixed feelings
1: about because I I think UCLA has some weaknesses and USC exploited them. But also, I don't like USC winning at any sport, so it's just complicated. Um, USC and UCLA are going to travel to the Mountain Schools, which will be amazing. Colorado beat both of the Bay area schools this weekend. And I think they beat Stanford by more than 10. That's unheard of. Colorado has jumped to number three in the country. So um playing number five, us UCLA and number six USC in like the whole, in the weekend is going to be amazing. And hopefully people in Boulder go out to see their girls play. Cause if I were there, there there's nowhere I'd rather be than those two games. That's amazing. Um, Utah. I believe lost to Stanford, but beat Cal. They're still in the top 25, although they've lost like five or six games at this point. They will also be hosting those LA schools. I'm not sure they're going to beat either of them, but those will be really fun games to watch. And hopefully they can at least beat USC. Um, Oregon heads to the Bay area. Um, I believe they both, they both teams swept the Arizona schools in their home gyms last week. So that's good for them. And they'll be hoping Probably for a split in the Bay Area. Um, neither one of those teams are ranked. Stanford fell to number eight after I think being number six last week, but they lost at Colorado. So um it's it's really hard to beat Stanford after they lost a game. So thoughts and prayers to the state of Oregon. Um, and then of course Washington and Washington State holds the Arizona schools. Arizona for Washington comes up Friday, and then ASU on Sunday, and Washington State has the opposite. So, um, primarily it's those uh, LA schools at the mountain schools that are going to be kind of a highlight of the conference this week. Um, those will be really must, must-see TV games to see. Yeah.
0: All I know is we, we really need to take advantage of this weekend because we really have it cut out for us. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because
1: after this, after this, Washington, I believe heads to LA and the mountain schools in back to our, in back-to-back weekends. So I would be, I would be hopeful that Washington could pull out one of those, but I'm not also counting on it because those teams are so deep and tough and well-coached, which is a trifecta of problems when you have a young team that is traveling. So, um, but we've also got a lot of team, a lot of kids on the team from California and I know they want to impress their hometown fans. So who knows what can happen, but I am not counting on that next week. So.
0: Me neither. So anyways, yeah, we are hoping for <laughs> two wins this weekend. I guess that's our official prediction. But we'll see.
1: I predict the Huskies will win by under five against Arizona and beat Arizona State by ten. That's my official prediction.
0: I um, I feel like I can't disagree with that, if I'm being honest. I really can't. Am i might yeah, arizona state, I, arizona state lost by
1: 37 at oregon state really okay. and by 12 at oregon last week so okay. i think if was- washington should beat them by 10 if not we're in trouble
0: that's what i was gonna so. say i was gonna say okay maybe that might be a closer game but then seeing how how uh <laughs> how much they lost by those schools maybe not but yeah anyways yeah.
1: I, Yeah, Arizona State is the team that you have to get well against. And if Washington doesn't beat Arizona State, we have some problems. Because the thing is, is that, like, sometimes losses like that happen. I know that Oregon State lost to Arizona State last year in Corvallis. It was Arizona State's only win all year in conference. But Oregon State had a lot of injuries. Oregon State wasn't quite right all year. There's no excuse for this for Washington. And that's what's frustrating for me from a coaching perspective of just you have – everybody that you were supposed to have this year on roster and healthy. To me, it's like you have, if you knew all year long that Lele was going to be your only post player at this point in the season, you should know how you're going to coach these kids. And it just, it doesn't seem like things are changing. So I'm, it's confusing and frustrating to watch, but I'm hopeful that we will hit a new level this weekend. And like our offensive woes will take a pause or get a lot better permanently. So Mm.
0: Well, it needs to. Yeah. Anyways, that pretty much does it for us. Um. Again, we really, we really need to get two wins this weekend, or things might not be looking too great. Um. Uh. This is evie Mason UW with pick and roll and go dogs. Go dogs beat Arizona. Husky Nation. It's the end of the third quarter. Are you looking for the perfect tequila for your next get together? The answer is born from a hero, Hero de Leon, direct from the prestigious Mergilla family just outside Guadalajara, honoring their great-grandfather who saved Mexico from a horrible civil war. It's authentic, courageous, with great integrity, just like the general. Enjoy the smoothest Blanco tequila you've ever tasted, or the rich flavor of our Reposado, aged for seven months in American bourbon barrels. Or the ultimate tequila, our Añejo, which is aged for 18 months in the same bourbon oak barrels. Go to your favorite liquor retailer or restaurant and ask for Hero de Leon because it's always the end of the third quarter. Imported by Zombie Beverages, Mercer Island, Washington.